All right, I will say. A good maid, a piskatava, a good kvital. It is a schos varch Hashem to be here together in the sukkah. So first of all, Chavra, just please make sure the, the, the spread tonight is sponsored by Aviva and I in, in honor of the beautiful yomtiv that we've had together and in the schos emir Hashem that tonight on Hoshana Rabba, all of us should be sealed together with our families for a beautiful year of bracha, of hatzlacha, and Geula for all of Klav Yisrael. And please make sure when you see Tzvi Friedman, when he comes out, Tzvi has, has actually two shifts tonight. This is the first shift. And then Amir Tzashem, uh, the second serving, will be at 8.30 at Chassidosh here tonight. And Tzvi has uh, two, two uh, what's the word? Two, uh, he doubled everything. He doubled everything. He doubled everything. So again, Amir Tzashem, Enjoy. There's more to come in Mir Hashem again by Hasidish here. But really, Tzvi, Tzvi does all of this, and it's a labor of love, and he does it every week for us. And tremendous uh, We also thank our sponsor for today's shir, Lou Goldberg, in honor of the yard site of his grandmother, Chaya Rivka Bas Yehuda. His yard site is on Hashan Rabba, from the Shamshtav and Aliyah, and the family in the Chama. Lou, thank you very much. Shkaich, and thank you for the sponsorship. All right, Tabosai, let's, with that, let, let us begin. So we have a lot to do today. Baruch Hashem. Really, it's such, a, such an incredible zuchos to be able to, uh, Zev, you know? It's really dinner. I'm just going to do some background up here. So, you know, as, as you're eating, as you're eating a little, a little learning entertainment. So, I'll say, so let's, let's begin. So, today's daf is Nun Dalit. Today's daf is 54. We are picking up Emir mm-hmm. Tzashem on the bottom of Nun Gimel on the base 53B. I'm sorry, which is also today's daf. Correct. So, we are picking up. Thank you for thank you for reminding me about that. Good. So we are picking up Ba'imine, which is two, four, six, eight, ten lines up from the bottom. So if you remember again, just to reorient ourselves a little bit, we are discussing here the fundamental machlokas between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda about what happens if you go ahead, a man uses the double machlokas. First part of the machlokas is what happens if a person uses meiser sheni. Don't 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 worry about it. Person uses person uses meiser sheni. Baruch Hashem to go ahead and oh also just one other announcement. Some of you have asked. Some of you have asked where where the knives are. So if you're asking the knives, are, you clearly don't come to Chasidus every week. Beshita, we don't have knives. Everything in life has to have a little bit of amelos, right? Because how amal you're willing to be for something, that that determines mamisha scar you get. So again, if, you, if you're hungry enough, you're going to figure it out without a knife also. Where's Evie Daniel? And no two forks. You can't use two forks. There's no, there's no hack. There's no hack like that. No. I caught him. I caught him last week in the Amish. Let's again. So remember again, we had a machlokis Rabbi Hudan Rabbi Meir about about the concerning the use of Meiser Sheni as well as the use of Hekdish for Kiddushas. Remember again, now actually, the Gemara quoted the section in the section of the Mishnah dealing with Hekdish. So remember again, Behekdish, we said Bemezid Kiddush. Rabbi Meir Shita is, if you use Hekdish intentionally, ultimately again, you affect Kiddushin. Beshogig, low Kiddush. If you did it accidentally, there's no Kiddushin. That's Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Huda says just the opposite. Beshogig, Kiddush. If you used Hekdish, Beshogig. Sorry. Sorry, my bad. Okay. So Rabbi Huda says, thank you. Rabbi Huda says just the opposite. And Rabbi Huda says that Allah saw if you use Hektish Bishogeg, it affects Kiddushim, amazing it doesn't. So remember, so remember again. So then the Gemara introduced the idea. Well, let's go back. Let's go. So it says, So also here's the interesting Shiloh. 
What happens if you used Ma'os Hekdish to go ahead and purchase something? So now the question is, do the coins, does the, does the money become deconsecrated ultimately again by using it for a purchase? That's the Shaila. If you take a look at Rashi, Rashi says over here, B'mecher mai, Laka ha'chefetz b'ma'oz hektish b'shogeg l'remer kano lo kano. If you go ahead, and according to Remer, if you use the hektish money accidentally b'shogeg, sa'halacha l'maysa, are you kona the object or not? That's the Shaila. So Amr le'i, so he answered no, because we'll remember again, according to Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir holds that halacha lemaisa, if you use hektish b'shogeg, it's not deconsecrated. Right? It's not, it's not deconsecrated. So therefore, again, according to Rabbi Meir, if you accidentally used hektish money to try to purchase something, it would not affect the purchase. And Meir asks, Eisvei, Akasha, Chenveni Kabbalah, Baiz Meir. So we'll say, this is fascinating. Chenveni is a shopkeeper. A shopkeeper, the Gemara says, has the status of a balabais. Now, now, what does that mean practically? Take a quick look at Rashi. Rashi says, Chenveni Kabalabais. Rashi says, Mishnohi b'me'ilo gizbar hamafkid mo'os eitzel shulchani. So we'll say, listen to this. If you have a gizbar, so who's the gizbar? Gizbar is the temple treasurer. So if the temple treasurer goes ahead and deposits money by a shulchani, a shulchani is a, shulchani is a money changer. So okay, boss says, here's the case. A gizbar, temple treasurer, has temple funds. He deposits them with a money changer. So what happens? So now remember, what does a money changer do? What does a money changer do? Changes money, right? Which means he handles money. So if you give a, if you give a gizba, if you give a shulchani money, he's going to use it. So in this case, the Gemara says is as follows. So now the shulchani gets money from the gizbar. Now, if your shulchani get money from the gizbar, what's going through your mind? What's going through your mind? Is this hectish money or not? That that's that's what's happening over here. So the Gemara says, watch this. Look at Rashi. I'm sorry. So if the money is bundled, then the shulchani should not use it because the fact that it's bundled would seem to indicate that it's kodesh. Therefore, again, if the gizbar does use it, sorry, if the shulchani does use it, that'll be considered mi'ilah. However, what if the money is loose? What if the money is loose? Then yishtamish pahem. That means that the gizbar can use the money, right? Why? Because since the money ultimately, again, is loose, therefore, halacha l'maysa, that indicates that it's not hectic. So it's actually very interesting. So apparently, when taking money from a gizbar, Everything depends on how the money was handed over to the shulchani. If it's bundled, right? If it's if it's stacked, if it's stacked and bundled, then halacha lemaisa, you have to assume that it's kodesh, can't use it. If it's not stacked, if it's loose, then halacha lemaisa, ultimately again, you can use it. Now, what's the nafkamina? If a shulchani uses stacked money or bundled money, then he has committed mi'ilah. If he uses unbundled money, then it's the gizbar who's committed mi'ilah. But remember again, quite a little bit of chazara. Mi'ila is one of the only areas in halacha where what? Where we say, Shlucho shal adam kimoso, even le dvar avera. Even le dvar avera. The fichach, imhotzi ma'al, gizbar di rishu se avid, the made the other the shulchan yitzarach lamaos, tadra about balabai. So what about a balabai? Stam. A gizbar gives money to a balabas. Says balabas, I'm giving you this money. So benkach, who benkach lo yishtam mishpah. I will say a balabas can't use money that's deposited with him. Because if you deposit money with a balabas, Bepashas, what are you doing? You're telling him to what? Watch it for you, not not to use it. And a balabas doesn't usually have, an, excuse me, an ongoing need, ultimately again for readily available cash. In all cases, if you go ahead and, if you go ahead and you give money to the Balabayas and he uses it, it is the Balabayas who has 
committed me'ilah. Velo agizbar shifkido. Fine. So let's go back to the Gemara. Say, the Gemara is the kasha chen v'nikabalabais. A shopkeeper is like a balabais. Now, what does it mean? A shopkeeper is like a balabais. That just like halachamais a balabais has no right to use any money. And if he does so, ultimately again he's only committed meila. So too, if you deposit money with a shopkeeper, the gizbar deposits money with the shopkeeper. The shopkeeper is not permitted to use the money. And if he does so, it's meila. Div Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Huda Rabbi Huda says chen v'nikishulchani. Rabbi Huda says no, I'm not true. A chen v'ni a shopkeeper has the same status as a money changer. Up until this point, the only machlokas is status of chenveni. Status of chenveni is a chenveni like a shulchani, is a shopkeeper ultimately again going to be like a money changer, or ultimately again is a shopkeeper like a balabas. Rabbi, what do you see from here? If everyone agrees that if the money was used, Mi'ila was committed. So Rabbi say, what do you see from here? You see from here that halacha halacha even if it's used, right? Even if it's used b'shogeg, it's as you commit mi'ila. This is a kasha on Rabbi Meir. To which the Gemara says, you're right. Rabbi Meir, the Dvar Rabbi Yehuda come. Rabbi Meir is ultimately saying this over in, in accordance with the position of Rabbi Yehuda. And he says as follows, Kama l'didi im nami lomal. Rabbi Meir says, according to me, even if the chenveni went ahead and used the money as not committed mi'ila, because Rabbi Meir holds that any mi'ila, any use of consecrated funds done b'shogeg, doesn't deconsecrate the funds. Ela l'didach, but according to Rabbi Yehuda, odili miha de chenveni kabalabais, at least admit to me that the chenveni has the status of the balabais, v'amrlei lo kishulchani. And to which Rabbi Yehuda responded, he says, no, I disagree with you, with you at that as well. The chenveni doesn't have the status of the balabais, rather the chenveni has the status of a money changer. Okay, good. Amar Rav. So Rav said as follows. Chazarnu. Top of Nundalad. Chazarnu. I'll call that Dodim Shrabimer. So we'll say, so listen to this. So Rav comes along and says like this. We've studied all the different, all the different positions of Rabbi, all, all the different aspects of Rabbi Meir's position. V'lomatsinu hektish b'shogeg e'en mischalo k'mezim. Sorry. V'lomatsinu hektish b'shogeg e'en mischalo b'mezim mischalo. And we have not been able to find a shita, right? We have not been able to find support for a position that says that hektish only becomes deconsecrated if used b'mezid, but not b'shogeg. So Rashi explains over here, rather, when it comes to hektish, what we generally find is when you use hektish, whether you use it b'shogeg or b'mezid, what happens? It's deconsecrated. It's mi'ilah. Now remember, again, once you say something is mi'ilah, once you say something is mi'ila, then halach by definition, the, the object becomes deconsecrated. So I will say, so Rav is coming along and essentially saying, Rabbi Meir, no idea where you got this distinction. Remember again, Rabbi Meir's position is, Rabbi Meir's position is, if you use hektish b'shogeg, it's not deconsecrated. You use it, b'meiz it, it is deconsecrated. Rav says, no idea where you got that distinction from. In general, what we see it as the halacha is, if you use, if you use hektish, Ultimately, again, it's deconsecrated. So let's analyze. Now, say this is absolutely incredible. So, what is our Mishnah talking about? When Rabbi Meir says that use of hektish b'shogeg doesn't create meila, doesn't deconsecrate, but use b'meizid, what is he referring to? He is referring to Kohanic clothing that has not been worn out. Not been worn out. 
Let's say, take a look at Rashi for just a moment. Umas Nisin, Diktani B'Shogig Lo Kiddish Ama Lo Nizchal. So the Mishnah that says that according to Rabbi Meir, that if you accidentally use, if you accidentally use Hekdish, it's not deconsecrated. What is that referring to? Rashi says, Bekasnos Kunashalo Balu, Vira'uyin La'avoda, they are from Kohanic clothing that is fit for use. The Chosman Shiruyin La'avoda Ain Mi'ila. Shemos is incredible. As, listen to this. Kohanic clothing might be the one consecrated item, the one item that is that is that is temple property that is not subject to Meila. Now, why is Kohanic clothing not subject to Meila? Rashi says, What's wrong with Kohanic clothing? Ideally, if you're a Kohen, you should only wear the clothing when? When? When you're doing the avoda, right? And I will say, but the truth is, imagine the following situation, right? By the we're going to have third basement. There's coin finishes doing the avoda. He doesn't undress like the second he finishes the avoda, which means that he's wearing the clothing even for a little while after the avoda is done. So I will say, so you can't call this meila. In other words, otherwise, every single coin is going to be in violation of meila, right? Every coin be in violation of meila if 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 there is me'ila by clothing. So, we'll say, so I just want to point out how incredible this is. So first of all, ju- just to show you an, an amazing, amazing tie-in. See, the Gemara is saying over here, the Gemara is saying over here that halacha we're referring to Kohanic clothing, Kohanic clothing that has not been worn out. Right? Why? Because if the, what, hap- what happens to Kohanic clothing that's worn out, I will say? This is incredible. It's the fourth parak of Masech Sukkah. They make wicks, right? The Mishnah, right? The Mishnah is in Sukkah. In the fourth parak of Sukkah, discuss that during Sinuchas Beis HaShoeva, they would have these huge standing, like, lanterns. Lanterns. And they would make wicks out of the, out of the used Kohanic clothing. Well, so isn't that incredible? So here, on Shana Rabbanite, Shana Rabbanite, right? Ultimately, again, we're making reference, ultimately, again, to the used Kohanic clothing, to the new Kohanic clothing. Absolutely incredible. What, what a tie-in to Shana Rabba. So Gemara says as follows. So therefore, I will say the case, the case that we're referring to over here, the case we're referring to of Rabbi Meir's situation of using something b'shogeg and not being chayiv in mi'ilah, ultimately again, that is, that is referring to Kohanic clothing that has not been worn out. So the Gemara says, so the Gemara says, Tashma, ta- I'm sorry, L'fish lo nitna Torah Why? Because Torah wasn't given to angels. Torah wasn't given to Malachi Asharis. I will say, so like we just said before, because otherwise, every coin essentially commits Me'ilah because he doesn't take the clothing off the second that he finishes the Avodah. Rather, he does wear it for some amount of time. I will say, I'll just mention this to you. Right, we'll come back to it in just a second. So Tashma, here we go. Kastnos Kunashabalu. So Kohanic clothing that's gotten worn out, Molin Bahem, Diremer, are subject to Me'ilah. So we'll say, in other words, once you go ahead and you wear out the clothing, then it is subject to mi'ilah. My love, afilu lo balu. Doesn't it mean, the Gemara says, even if it's not worn out, lo balu dafka. No, the only time that it's subject to mi'ilah is actually interesting. So kahani clothing, when it's fit for use, is not subject to mi'ilah. Why? Torah wasn't given to angels, wasn't given to Malachim. So because of that so there has to be an allowance for a Kohen to get some level of personal benefit from the Big Day Kuna. Otherwise, he's going to be committing Me'ila every single day. So where is there Me'ila by Kohanic clothing? Only by worn out Kohanic clothing. By worn out Kohanic clothing. So the Gemara says, Tashma. So let's analyze this. First of all, Tashma. 
So I'll just say on this phrase, so much to say and so little time. So I'll say, so it, it's interesting to note the concept of Lord Nitna Torah wasn't given to angels. So I'll say very apropos, especially we're heading into Simchas Torah. We celebrate, we celebrate, right? The ability to receive the Torah, to live the Torah, to learn the Torah. So there's a beautiful idea. The Pasuk says, Va'anshe Kodesh Tiyunli, Ubasar Basoda Trefalosuchedu. Pasuk says again, be holy people to me. Be holy people to Anshe Kodesh Tiyunli, Basar Basoda Trefa. It's referring to the fact you can't eat a trefa. What's a trefa? A trefa is an animal that is killed by another predatory animal. The Kotzker says something amazing. What does the Cheshbarach say to us? Anshei Kodesh Tiyuni. The Kotzker says, the Ribbon Shalom says to us, I have plenty of Malochim. I don't need any more Malochim. You know what I need? I need a few good men. I need Anshei Kodesh. I need holy men. Holy angels, I've got plenty of those. I've got plenty of those. Holy men, that's what I'm looking for. I will say, isn't that incredible? Lord, see, I just want to point out, we often read this phrase, of lonitna Torah lamalache hashares, often as a often as a statement, as a statement, like it's like a bidyevet, a bidyevet. If only we could live up to the level of lamalache hashares, how much happier Hakadosh Baruch would be. The Katzker says it's not true. Lonitna Torah lamalache hashares is the greatest compliment in the world. Hakadosh Baruch Hu doesn't want me to be a malach. That's not what he wants. He wants me to be what? Anshe Kodesh. Anshe Kodesh. It's not an accommodation. It's a statement of our mission. Torah lo It's incredible. All right, let's go back there. Tashma. Molin b'charetin ve'molin You could commit to me'ilah ultimately again with new clothing. I'm sorry. Sorry, this is now shkolim. Sorry, new topic. So again, we keep on challenging Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Meir right now. We're going to see the halacha in just a little bit. So Tashma. Molin b'charetin. Remember again, a little chazara. Remember again, we had tiklin charetin. We had old shkalim, new shkalim, and old shkalim. What are new shkalim? New shkalim are the shkalim collected in this year's collection. Old shkalim is the case of what? I forgot to give my shekel last year, so now I'm going in and giving my shekel this year. So what's that? What does the brayse say? You could commit meila with new shkalim, but you can't commit meila with old shkalim. Dear Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Meir says, "Molin af batikin." Rabbi Meir says, "Not true. You could commit meila even with old shkalim." Shahir Rabbi Meir Omer Molin Bishiyare Halishka. Because Rabbi Meir said again, any of the leftover Shkalim ultimately again are subject to Mi'ila. Va'amai, why is that? Nema Hoyo Vinitnu Lehanos. Why don't we say that since ultimately again you're allowed to get some benefit from the Shkalim? And I will say we're going to see again what benefits are you allowed to get from the Shkalim? So interestingly enough, interestingly enough, we're going to see that one of the things the Shkalim were used for. Or the walls of Yerushalayim. They both say everyone gets benefit from the walls, either from the security of the walls, from the shade of the walls. So there's benefits. So you see again. So here, let's finish up. Because after all, again, after all, the halacha is that the walls of Yerushalayim, the towers of Yerushalayim, all come from the leftover shkalim. If that's the case, I will say it is impossible ultimately again not to get Hana'ah from those things. Therefore, we should say, and therefore, there shouldn't be me'ila over here. So the Gemara says, uh, good. So the Gemara says, I'm sorry, where did I just leave off? Good. 
This not here. It is Mishnah says the walls of the city of Shalayim and all of its towers. The and we'll say for that matter all of the needs of the city. Ultimately, again, come from the leftover from the leftover coins in in the from the Machsas Hashakal. So I'll say, what do you see from here? So you see from here that Allah says, since it's impossible not to get benefits from the walls and the towers and the upkeep of the city, right? So therefore, again, Allah therefore, again, you shouldn't get any, there shouldn't be Me'ila, ultimately, again, with Nushkalim, to which the Gemara says, Don't say it reflects the Rabbi Meir, rather say it reflects the Rabbi Huda. Tashma Desanya, Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Shmuel. So I'll say. So again, Lotem Rabbi Meir, and Rabbi Yehuda. So okay, Enachinami. This is correct, but it doesn't reflect the view of Rabbi Meir. Rather, it reflects the view of Rabbi Yehuda. Fine. Tashma Desanya. I'm Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yitzchak. Avnei Yerushalayim Shinishru. Malvan. I'll say. Interesting case. If you have stones that fell out of the wall of the city of Yerushalayim, ultimately, again, it is subject to Meila. Div Rabbi Meir. So I'll say. So again. Once again, this would seem to be a case of shogeg, and yet halacha l'maisa again. Rabbi Meir saying is subject to meila. Lo teimer Rabbi Meir ela eimer Rabbi Huda. So also the Gemara keeps answering it the same way. Every single time, essentially, we find something that contradicts Rabbi Meir. What's the Gemara's answer? Just it's Rabbi Huda. It's Rabbi Huda. All right, e Rabbi Huda. So what's this? This that this is incredible. I'll say if it's Rabbi Huda, Yerushalayim mekadsha. Then ultimately, again, does Yerushalayim have the status of hekdish? I will say now this this is a wild gemara. Listen to this. But now we learned. We'll say let's say a person wants to consecrate an object. So what does he do? He digs an object. He takes an object. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank, thank you. Thank you. So we'll say let's say a person wants to remember. We we know this from our Nadarim days, right? How do you consecrate something? You go ahead and compare it to something that is consecrated. It should be like this. So watch this case. Kiimra. Let's say a person says, Ki'imra. Ultimately, again, this loaf of this loaf should be like a sheep. Now, both said, and the assumption over here is what sheep is he referring to? The sheep of the carbon tamid. Kidirim. Or it should be, again, about say, a deer. Deer is a chamber. Remember, again, there were two chambers in the base of Mikdash. The deer ate him, right? That's where they kept the wood for the Mizbeach. And ultimately, again, the deer where they kept sacrificial animals. So it says, this loaf of bread should be like the deer, should be like the pen, the sacrificial pen, right? Or, Ki'itzim, like wood. What kind of wood? Like the wood, ultimately, again, used on the Mizbeach. Ki'ishim, like the fires. I like the fires of the Mizbeach. Ki'heichol, like the heichol. Ki'mizbeach, like the Mizbeach. Ki'rushalayim. So I'll say, I'm taking a loaf of bread, and essentially I'm saying, all, right, the loaf of bread should be like these items. So what's the status of the bread? Rabbi Huda Omer, Kala Omer Yerushalayim, Lo Omer Klum. Wow. I'll say, first of all, that it just that, 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 that whole statement doesn't even seem... Like a correct thing to say for a Jew to say, If you said Yerushalayim, ultimately again, it's like you didn't say anything. Now, both say so. Let's analyze this. Rabbi, so Rabbi Huda, sorry, what Rabbi Huda is saying is that Yerushalayim is not consecrated. Yerushalayim doesn't have the status of a hektish item. So, because it doesn't have the status of a hektish item, therefore, again, if you say this loaf of bread is Yerushalayim, you have not said anything. Maybe it's because you can't say Yerushalayim, rather, what do you have to say? Ki Ki Yerushalayim. If you just say Ki Yerushalayim, 
ultimately, again, what, what does it mean? The bread, the bread is Yushalayim. What the, the bread identifies as Yushalayim. So suddenly, again, it's Yushalayim. Right? It, right? it doesn't actually work in the real world, right? So let's say Solomaisa again. Solomaisa. Maybe it's that he didn't say Ki Yerushalayim. To which the Gemara says, "Vatayim." We learn of Yehuda Omer, "Kol Omer Ki Yerushalayim, Lo Omer Klum." So ultimately, you're going to both say, so holds no, it's not, it's not Yerushalayim versus Ki Yerushalayim, it's just Yerushalayim itself. According to Yehuda, Yerushalayim itself is not hectish. Both say, to be clear, Yerushalayim is Kodesh, Yerushalayim is not hectish. And therefore, again, if you say this loaf of bread should be like Yerushalayim, that statement is totally Meaningless. Now, now, again, just to kind of close the circle over here. Therefore, again, if that's the case, then that means the walls of Yerushalayim are not Kodesh either. If the walls of Yerushalayim are not Kodesh, then what are saying? Then if a stone falls out and you use it, what's the penalty? What's the penalty? None. None. So what's going on over here? And he has to say, it's a machlok, so this is great. We have a machlokis, right, about how, how the deconsecration of Hegdish works. And now, in Shitas Rabbi Yehuda itself, there's another machlokis. Look at Rashi. Tap Rashi Nundam, base 54b. So the Gemara says, There's machlokis about what Rabbi Yehuda holds in terms of Yerushalayim. Does Yerushalayim have a sanctified status like Hegdish? So we'll say, what's the nafkamina? I'm walking down. I'm walking out of Yerushalayim. There's a stone on the ground. It fell out of the wall. I say, Givaldik. I will say, how incredible would it be? Remember again, those of the Chevra that were on Yachikala. Where was the, um, where he bought the sheep? Arugot Farms. Farms. So if you remember again, if you remember again, the shul they built there, they brought stones from Yerushalayim. Right? So can you imagine you're walking out of Yerushalayim, you see a stone that falls from the, from the wall. You say, Givaldik, I'm going to build it into my house. So am I allowed to do that or not? So that's a machlokes in Rabbi Yehuda. There's an opinion that, so again, what's the machlokes based on? Does Yerushalayim have the status of hektish or not? That's the fundamental machlokes, and that's the machlokes in Rabbi Yehuda as well. I'll just share with you, I saw something truly beautiful brought down in the name of the Majit Sereba. So I'll say that phrase of what, is, what does that mean? If you say Yerushalayim, it's like you haven't said anything. So listen to what the Majlis Rebbe says. The Rebbe says, The Rebbe says, The Rebbe says, For a Jew, it is not enough to talk about Yerushalayim. But you have to do something to build Yerushalayim. It's not enough to talk about it, right? If you just talk about how beautiful Yerushalayim is, that's very nice. That's beautiful. What's the job of a Jew? You have to, can't just talk about Yerushalayim. You have to somehow do your part in building Yerushalayim. But say, is that not absolutely incredible? The obligation to build Yerushalayim is not just a din. It's not just an obligation that devolves upon the Jews of Eretz Yisrael. Even we Jews in Chutz La'aretz, we have an obligation to try to figure out some way, some way that we could do our part in building Yerushalayim. Because if all I do throughout my whole life is just give lip service, I love Yerushalayim, Yerushalayim is beautiful, it's wonderful, but I don't roll up my sleeves and somehow do something to build it, there's something lacking still in my Yiddishkeit. Absolutely incredible. Majat Sarebah. Majat Sarebah. So we'll say, let's go back there. Let's go back there. Amr Ula Mishwed Debar Pada. Omer Hay Rabbi Meir, Shemir said as follows, Hektish Bemezid Mishalel, Bishogay in Mishalel. So also Rabbi Meir said, 
that Allah may say if you use hekdish and you go and use hekdish b'meizid, it's deconsecrated. B'shogeg is not deconsecrated. And both said the only ramification. However, even if you use hekdish b'shogeg, although again you haven't committed mi'ila, you have incurred sacrificial liability and obligation. It doesn't make sense. I understand. I will say, Mi'ila, I will say, Karban is what you bring for what? For what? For having committed Mi'ila. And therefore, again, I will say, logic would dictate, if there's no Mi'ila, then what? There's no Karban. So how can you, so I will say, everything Marja said, everything Marja said, if you went ahead and you used Hektish, Peshogeg, it's not Mi'ila, but you have a Karban. How does that make any sense? Ella, Omer actually said, if you purposely use hekdish, ultimately again it is deconsecrated. Bishogeg, it's not deconsecrated. So I'll say, interestingly enough, the old, so this is very, very interesting. Omer says like this intentional use of hekdish deconsecrates the hekdish, is mi'ilah, and makes you liable for a carbon. Accidental use of hekdish does not deconsecrate the hekdish and therefore no liability for carbon. The only time, ultimately again, that there is liability, ultimately again, for shogig use of hekdish is when? When you eat the hekdish. If you were to consume the hekdish. Now I will say, what's the logic? Take a look at Rashi, the Ha'ochel kikar shal hekdish, the ozele hekdish. Because again, the problem is once you eat it, then what? Then what? It's gone. So obviously, once it's gone, there has to be liability that comes along with that. So I'll say a very interesting distinction here. So in a reframing of Rabbi Meir's position, Rabbi Meir essentially is saying like this. If you purposely use hekdish, you are chayiv, a carbon, it's meila, and you've deconsecrated the item. Accidentally use hekdish, you have not deconsecrated it, it's not meila. The only exception to that rule is consumption. If you consume hekdish, even, even accidentally, even b'shogeg, there is liability for that as well. Incredible. So Amr Rav Nachman, Amr Rav Adab, Rav Rav, here it is. Halacha Kari Mer B'Meiser, Hoyol B'Stam Lantana Kavase. Halacha Kari Hudu B'Hekdish, Hoyol B'Stam Lantana Kavase. So say, Rav Nachman came along and said, the halacha is like Rabbi Meir when it comes to Meiser Shani, because we have a Stam Mishnah that supports him. And the halacha is like Rabbi Hudu B'Hekdish, since he has a Stam Mishnah to support him as well. So both say, before I show you the proofs, let me just show you the halacha l'maisa. So, we'll say, so now, this is, the, the Gemara is reaching a conclusion. We're going to prove the conclusion in just a moment. But where did, so we're, we pass in like Rabbi Meir, and we pass in like Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Meir, ultimately again, by Meiser Shani. Rabbi Huda by Hector. So, let's we'll listen to this. So, the Rabbi Menhilchos, Meiser Shani, Perik Gimel Halacha Yazayin says as follows. Here it is. Here it is. Remember, we'll say, what does Rabbi Meir hold by Meiser Shani? Remember again, what, remember, what, what did Rabbi Meir hold by Meiser Shani? And Mary held that Meiser Shani is Mamon Gavoa. It belongs to Hashem. Even though what? Who's eating Meiser Shani? Me, the owner, I'm eating it, but nevertheless, it is not my property. That's why the mayor said, Can you be Makadish, a woman with Meiser Shani? Be Makadish with Meiser Shani? No. Why? Because Halachalamaisa, because Halachalamaisa, it's not yours. It belongs to Akadish Baruch. You can only be Makadish with it belongs to you. So I'll say that's how he passed Ramam says, Meiser Shani Mamon Gavohu. Meiser Shani belongs to the Ribbono Shalom. Shinemar La Shemu. That was the drush we had in yesterday's daf. Lefichach, Enor Nikim Bamatana, in Makachin Bosage. So I'll say, that is Halacha Lamaisa, piece number one. Let's see. Let's see. Tremendous Hashakah. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Incredible, incredible. All right.
So I'll say, so, so listen to this. So I'll say, so we passkin, we pass like Rabbi Meir, therefore again, Meiser Shani is Mamon Gavoa. Meiser Shani is considered to be consecrated belongs to Hashbarach, who cannot use it for Kiddushin. And I'll say, what does it mean, pass like Rabbi Huda? So he passed like Rabbi Huda by Hekdish. What, what, what did Rabbi Huda say by Hekdish? Here we go. Hamoel Bekachi Bedek Abayis, Kevan Shemal Bishkaga, Nishala La Hekdish, Zeshnachra Potter. Ma'al Bezadon, Holden Chai Bekab Milo Nishab. So he passed like Rabbi Huda, namely, if you intentionally commit an act of me, sorry, if you, un- uh, no, if you unintentionally commit an act of me, Me'ila Bishogig deconsecrates the item. Me'ila Bemezid does not deconsecrate the item. I both say, now why is that? So the Ram explains this more explicitly. When you use hektish b'shogeg, that incurs carbonic liability. So obviously if there's carbonic liability, that means that what? The item is no longer kodesh. They both say there is no such thing as a carbon for mi'ila b'mezid. So because there's no carbon, therefore by definition, what does that tell you? That there's no deconsecration. So also you pass like Rabbi Huda, therefore accidental use of hektish will deconsecrate it. And of course, again, it's an act of mi'ilah with carbonic liability. Intentional use of hektish, no carbonic liability. And ultimately, again, it does not deconsecrate the item. So we'll say, so therefore, that's our piske halach, and like Rabbi Huda. So now let, let's bring the proofs. So the Gemara says as follows. So the Gemara says, Ki Rabbi Meir be Meister Mahi. From where do we say they pass like Rabbi Meir that Meister is Mamon Gabo? Meister Shani belongs to Hashem, and therefore, even though I get to consume it, it's not my property. So the Gemara says, Disnan Karem Revai. I will say, What's Karem Revai? Remember again, after you go ahead and you plant a vineyard, first three years you can't eat it. Why not? Why not? Arla. Fourth year it's called Karem Revai. What do you do with Karem Revai? You're allowed to eat it. But what? You have to eat it in Yerushalayim. It kind of it's like Meister Shani. So Karem Revai. Beishamai Omrim ein lo chomer shve ein lo beer. Beishamai says, if you redeem it, there's no additional fifth, nor is there a beer obligation. We'll say beer means that that twice during the shemitah cycle you have to make sure that you've given out all of your tithes. So karem revai, karem revai is not subject to an additional fifth if you redeem it, nor is there beer. Beisilo Beisilo says yeshlo. Beisilo says yes, it has chomesh and it has revai. Beishamai omrim yeshlo parat yeshaolos. Beishamai says karem revai is subject to also parat olos. Both say parat and ololos means it's like shleket leket and shichacha, right? If you go ahead and you drop grapes or you leave behind clusters. You can't go back to the vine and take it. Basila Omrim Kulo Lagat. Basil says no, you could go ahead all of Kamravai to go to the wine press. In other words, you don't have to leave anything behind. So my time with Basil. Both say what's Basil's logic? Gumri Kodesh Kodesh Bimaiser. They learn Xerashev of Kodesh Kodesh from Karim Ravai to Meister Shani. Or I should say, yeah, from Meister Shani to Karim Ravai. Mam Meister Yeshlo Chomesh. Both say just like when you redeem Meister Shani, ultimately again is an additional fifth. Vyeshlo beer, and again, there's a din of beer, which means you have to get rid of it at a certain point in time during the agricultural cycle. Af kem revai, yeshlo chomesh, vyeshlo beer. So to kem revai also must say subject to the of chomesh as well as beer. Obe shamai, lo gamri kodesh kodesh vimaiser. Be shamai ultimately again do not subscribe to that gizera shaba. Obe silo, obe silo say, kimaiser, kimansila, bo say, be silo who say that kerem revai. Has the same status ultimately as Meiser. Who do they hold like? How could I, how could they say that the entire Karim Revai could go to the wine press? Ha'amar Meiser Mamon Hedyotu. Rabbi Huda is of the opinion that Meiser Shani Rabosai is my property. Is my property. If that's the case, then it should be Chayiv ultimately again in tithing itself. Elalav Krabi Meir. Rather, it must ultimately support Rabbi Meir. So therefore, I both say, this price is a proof to Rabbi Meir. Remember again, essentially, to kind of condense the proof. What's the proof? 
essentially what we say is like this, Kerem Revai has the same status as Meiser Shani. Namely, again, just like Meiser Shani, just like Meiser Shani, ultimately, again, there is no Chomesh, there is no beer, but ultimately, again, subject to Peret, uh, sorry, and not subject to Peret and Olos, so we'll say why, because ultimately it's Mamon Gavoa. Remember, the only time an item is subject to tithing obligations is when? When it's mine. If it's not mine, then essentially it's tax exempt. So therefore, again, the fact that Kerem Revai is exempt from all of these things, why? It's not mine. How do we know it's not mine? It's Xer Shava to Meiser Shani. Just like Meiser Shani is Mamon Gavah, so too Kerem Revai is Mamon Gavah. But we'll say, who is the opinion who holds that Meiser Shani is Mamon Gavah? Who is that? That's Rabbi Meir. So this is the proof, the explicit proof, like Rabbi Meir. Okay. So we'll say, what's the proof? So we'll say, so now we've espoused the halacha and proven it. We paskin when it comes to Meiser Shani, like Rabbi Meir, namely Meiser Shani is Mamon Gavoa. It belongs to the Ribbono Shal Olam. It's not mine. And therefore, again, since we're in Masechus Kiddushin, for, my, for our purpose is what? You cannot go ahead and use it to affect Kiddushin. Incredible. So we'll say, let's go weiter. Rabbi Huda, What's the case of Rabbi Huda? So we'll say, so now remember, what else did we say? We said that the halacha follows, the halacha follows Rabbi Yehuda by Hekdish. Remember again, what does Rabbi Yehuda hold by Hekdish? If you use Hekdish b'shogeg, that is mi'ila, chayif karban, deconsecrated the item. If you use Hekdish b'mezid, no mi'ila, no karban, and therefore the item remains unconsecrated. We'll say, I know it sounds counterintuitive, right? It sounds counterintuitive. I'm sorry? Is there some other one? There's no there's no carbon, there's no carbonic obligation, right? There's an onesh, whatever the onesh is, klapi shmaya. I was I know it sounds counterintuitive, right? Because you normally we think if you use something bemazed, the penalty is worse. Now the penalty is worse. Remember again, the inability to bring a carbon in and of itself is a higher form of penalty. Remember again, a carbon is kapara. So what we're saying over here is if a guy purposely uses hekadish. He does not have the carbonic avenue of kapara. That's what's happening over here. So again, but but the result of that is because there's no quote unquote meila liability. Therefore, the item remains consecrated. He doesn't deconsecrate it through his intentional use. So let's analyze this. What's the this case? Here we go. This nan shilach Listen to this. Listen to this. Rashi says over here. Rashi says over here. Uh-uh-uh. Shilach biyach biyach rashes reish hachi tenan shilach biyach chereish shot of the carton also shlichus and gizbar mouse. What we're talking about over here? The temple treasurer sent hektish money. He sent hektish money to be used in some type of transaction. So watch this. If he sent it in the hands of a pikeach, what's a pikeach? Pech is a regular competent individual. Veniskar actually gitzel chenveni and the gizbar himself remembered. Right, the gizbar himself remembered. Ultimately, again, before the money reached the hand of the chenveni, the shopkeeper, and I will say now the chenveni takes it, the chenveni uses it, right? The chenveni receives it, and then the chenveni ultimately again goes ahead and uses that money. Chenveni ma'alachishiyotzi. The chenveni commits me. I will say because remember again, the way meila is one of these interesting things that meila only works b'shogeg. Since the gizbar realized that he gave hektish money, he's cognizant of it. When the chenveni later uses the money, the gizbar is not liable because he remembers that it's hektish. The chenveni is the one who is liable because he is using consecrated funds. Bishogay. Fine. Rabbi Yehuda says, Rabbi Yehuda 
So we'll say. So the point over here is that. So you see, you see from here that halacha lemaisa meiser sheni is going to be. So you see that meiser sheni is going to be mamon hadyon. Rabbi Yehuda meiser milotinan. So we'll say. I'm sorry. That's that's hekdish. So you see from here that halacha lemaisa that halacha lemaisa is only accidental use of hekdish that deconsecrates it and creates mi'ilah, right? Because remember again, because the gizbar remembers, therefore there's no liability by the gizbar. Who has liability? Only the chenveni. Why? Because the chenveni used the hekdish money, bishogay. Okay, good. One second. Do we not find the proof to Rabbi Huda by Maestro Shani? I don't remember. What does Rabbi Huda hold by Maestro Shani? Rabbi Huda holds, Rabbi Huda holds that Maestro Shani is mamon hedyo. But Maestro Shani belongs to you. It's your money. So don't we ever prove that Rabbi Huda liked this also. Milotan, didn't we learn? We'll listen to this. Vatanan, hapod the Maestro Shani shalom. If you redeem your own Maestro Shani, what's the case of Maestro Shani redemption? What's the case? Halavai, Mashiach's going to come. We're going to go back, become farmers. No, however, no one ever has one of those days where you wish you were a farmer. Yeah. I actually have a moment like that. Multiple, every single day. Every single day. Right? I really just wish I was a farmer. Right? So, so, so Lemaisa, so we'll say, so now you're a farmer, Baruch Hashem, you have a wonderful crop, and now you have to take all of your Maeser Shani to Yerushalayim. That's a lot of Maeser Shani. So what are you going to do? You're going to redeem the Maeser Shani onto money, and then transport the money to Yerushalayim to be used in Yerushalayim. So now watch this. The Gemara says, If you redeem your own Maeser Shani, ultimately you add on an additional fifth. Whether ultimately, again, it's your Maeser Shani, or you were gifted Maeser Shani. Now, both said, now watch this. So now, one second. G- gifted Maeser Shani, and now I want to redeem it. Ultimately, I pay an additional fifth. What does that tell me? That tells you that gifted Maeser Shani becomes mine. Becomes mine. What does that tell you ultimately, again, if gifted Maeser Shani becomes yours? What's the status of Maeser Shani? What's the status? Mamun Hedyot. Mamun Hedyot. Clearly, again, then it's my money. It's mundane money, not Mamun Hedyot. Money. So who's the pain is this? Eli Mary Mayor. So me If it's Rabbi Meir, so remember Rabbi Meir holds that Maeser Sheni is Mamon Hekdish, right? Rabbi Meir holds that ultimately again it's Shulchan Gavoah. So how can you give him matana? Va'aha Amar Maeser Mamon Gavoahu. Rabbi Meir holds that Maeser Sheni is Mamon Gavoah. If it's Mamon Gavoah, I'll say then what? I have no right to gift that to anyone else. Ella love Rabbi Huda. Rather, it must be Rabbi Huda. So I'll say, what do you see from here? You see from here an explicit proof that Rabbi Huda holds to, to Rabbi Huda's position, namely that Meiser Shani is Mamon Hadyot. The fact that you could gift Meiser Shani to someone, and when that person receives the gift and he redeems it, he has to add on an additional fifth. That means that Meiser Shani becomes his. That's a proof to say that Meiser Shani is Mamon Hadyot. So the Gemara says, "Lo, the olden Rabbi Meir." No, in reality, that case is Rabbi Meir as well. The Hacham asks, on what's the case?" So we'll say this is fascinating. Kegon diyohev nihile betivle. I will say, this is actually interesting. I didn't get a gift of Maeser Shani. Rather, what did I get? I got a gift of Tevel. So somebody gifted me untithed produce. So now I will say, so now, can you receive untithed produce as a gift? Sure, because what's the sense of untithed produce? Mamon Hedyo, right? That, that's, so now, now that I received Tevel as a gift, when I separate out Maeser Shani from that, and I redeem that Maeser Shani, I have to add on an additional fifth to that. The Kasavar, Matano Shalohurmu, and we'll say, and he holds, and it's actually interesting, this is another machlokes, we'll say, when you look at Tevel, when you look at Tevel, how do you view Tevel? Do you, when you look at Tevel, do you see Tevel as its produce, and in there is Maeser Sheni, and Maeser Ani, or depending on the year, right? Or Truma, or Maeser, or no, ultimately, again, you just go ahead and all you see 
is untithed produce. So we'll say, what the Imar is suggesting is, this case is Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir, and therefore Rabbi Meir holds that ultimately again, so Meiser is Mamon, Mamon Gavoa, right? It's Mamon Gavoa. So what's the case over here? The case over here is someone is gifting me Tevel. And what Rabbi Meir is coming to be Mechadish is, when you get Tevel produce, we don't view that as produce that has tithes in it. Rather, we just simply view it ultimately again as Tevel. And therefore, again, you acquire the Tevel, it becomes yours. When you subsequently go ahead and separate out Maestro Shani, that's your Maestro Shani. And therefore, if you redeem it, you add on the additional fifth. So I'll say one more case. Tashma, hapo de Natarevai Shelo. If a person redeems his Natarevai, so we said Natarevai before. What's Natarevai? What's Natarevai? Fourth year vineyard, right? Fourth year vineyard, which again is yours to eat, yours to enjoy. You just have to take it to Yushalayim, treat it essentially like Meiser Shani, like Meiser Shani. So what's Halacha? Hapol de Nataravai Shelo. If a person redeems his own Nataravai, Mosif Alav Chamishaso, he has to add an additional fifth. Bein Mishelo, Bein Shenitin Whether it's his or he was gifted it. Oh. Now, what did we just say before? Where is where is Karim Ravai? Where is Karim Ravai? Not the Ravai. Where is not the Ravai learned out from? Where is learned out from? Zereshava. From Zer Shaba to Meiser Shani. So now what you're saying is not the Ravai. Essentially, sounds like his Mamon Hedyot. Mamon Hedyot. That's the position of Rabbi Yehuda. So, money. Whose opinion is this? Even Rabbi Meir. If it's Rabbi Meir, me Matzi Yoivle. So we'll say ultimately, according to Rabbi Meir, do you have a right to gift not the Ravai again? That should have the status of, Shul, of Mamon Gavoa. Vahag Gemiri, Kodesh, Kodesh, Meiser. He learns that Exer Shavah, Kodesh, Kodesh, Meiser Shani. Just like Meiser Shani is Mamon Gavoa, so too not the Ravai is Mamon Gavoa. El Alav, Rabbi Yehuda. Rather, it must be Rabbi Yehuda. So we'll say, so again, once again, the Gemara is bringing this up as this seems to be a proof to the position of Rabbi Yehuda. Namely, that Halach Alamaisa, Meiser Shani is Mamon Hedyot. To which the Imran says, Low, the Olam Rabbi Meir. In reality, it's Rabbi Meir. Baham asking on ultimately, what's the case over here? Kegon the Yoiv, Kishu Smadar. We'll say, what's the case? The case is where you gave the grapes. We'll say, while they were still in there, Smadar is the, is the stage of where, like, I don't know what the technical agricultural term is, like budding. It's after, it's after like, the bud falls off, and ultimately, again, the, the fruit is there. Now, the fruit is blossoming. Yeah? After the blossoms fell off. Okay, good. Right, so the blossom the blossom is no longer there. The fruit is there, but here's what's important. The fruit is underdeveloped. The fruit is undeveloped. That, that, that's the chap. That's the chap. So in other words, you wouldn't eat fruit like that. So on one hand, it's reached a certain stage of maturation, but not fully developed. Watch this. I'll say just, if it was just, well, is this not Olam Haba? Right now, is this not, is this not like the best thing in the world? The weather feels like it cooled off outside, right? A little bit. Right, the weather, I mean, thank you all for blocking any air that would come in. It's so good, it's fine. Right, just, stand, just stand up, just stand up, you right? So I'll say, no, is, is this not, look, look, look what we're doing. We're learning the Rebbe Shalom's Torah in a beautiful sukkah, on a magnificent night, on Leil Hoshana Rabbah. Rebbe Tzvi gave us mamish like Seudas Shlomo HaMelech B'Shaito. However, what, like, what, what else? What, what else? The only better thing? I'm sorry? If we are farmers, if we are farmers, right? If we are farmers in Yerushalayim, in Yerushalayim, then okay. So let's finish off. The Gemara says, the Gemara says, isn't this Rabbi Yehuda? To which the Gemara says, I love Rabbi Yehuda. The Olam Rabbi Meir. No, it's Rabbi Meir. What's the case here? So I both said, the person gifted me the Nata Ravai when? 
ultimately, again, when it was smadar. So again, it's still in its undeveloped, still in its undeveloped state. Rashi says, Kishu smadar. Look at Rashi. We'll say first wide line. Kishu smadar. Rashi says, Kishanovim nikarim la'achar chomesh binata binata ravai. Let's go. I'm sorry. La'achar shenafal haperach. So we'll say that's the chap. In other words, when the fruit is still in the smadar stage, ultimately it does not assume the identity of not the revai. Not the revai, the not the identity apparently only sets in when the fruit reaches a more advanced a, a more advanced stage of maturation. But in the smadar state. It's not yet not a revai, and because it's not yet not a revai, it could be gifted, and because it could be gifted, again, that's why Allah saw it's mamon head, so to speak, it's mamon headyo. It's mamon headyo because it's not yet not a revai. Incredible. So the Gemara says, smadar aser shupri. I will say it doesn't affect the Rabbi because Rabbi Yossi is of the opinion that Smadar already has the status of a full-fledged pre. Apparently, Rabbi Meir does not hold that. Rabbi Meir holds Smadar is still undeveloped. So I will say, so here, here's what we, here's what we emerge with. Lesson I want to say that we emerge with. If you just talk about how nice Yushalayim is, you haven't done anything. A yit has an obligation to somehow further the actual creation of Yerushalayim. However, however one figures out a way to do that, a yid has to have an active role in the development of Yerushalayim. That's number one. Number two, we pass the Gabi Meir. When it comes to Maeser Sheni, Maeser Sheni is, Maeser Sheni is, Mom Gavah. Right, good, good. I'm right? Right. ultimately, again, is, is, is essentially belongs to the Ribbon Shalom, which means for our purposes, what can't you use it for? Kedushin. Anything, especially Kedushin, right? Because remember, how do we get into this whole thing? We got into this whole thing that Ruvain wants to make Kadesh Rachel with Meister Shani. Does it work or not? We pass like Rabbi Meir, Meister Shani is Mama Gavah. We both say when it comes to Hagdish, we pass can ultimately again like Rabbi Yehuda. And what's like Rabbi Yehuda? When do you commit Mi'ilah, thereby deconsecrating something? Shogay. Only Bishogay. <coughs> Only accidental use of consecrated property deconsecrates it, thereby generating carbonic Mi'ilah liability. Intentional use of consecrated property, although sinful, highly sinful, does not create Mi'ilah, doesn't create Mi'ilah. And doesn't create carbonic liability. I will say, we should just be zocha, mir Hashem. We should just be zocha. We should just be zocha. That in the schus park, I say it's rare, right? This, this is a special day. You know, we come into Hashanah Rabbah armed with two blat gemara, right? I think I think the Lublina Rav is looking down. Lublina Rav says, "Nitzchuni banai, my children have really, my children have really succeeded over me." Lublina Rav says, "I had a mind for them to learn only one blot of gemara a day." And my children in Baltimore, they learned two blot of Gimara in one day. And I will say, this should set the tone for our Yiddishkeit. I will say again, this should set the tone. Have a listen carefully. What does a day like this teach us? A day like doing two blot in one day, the message is, don't just live up to expectations. Exceed expectations. Exceed expectations. Let's make it a year ultimately again where I don't just check the box of obligations. I don't just do what I have to do. I do what I have to do and then some. I learn what I have to learn and then some. I do the chesed I have to do and then some. I give the stuck I have to give and then some. Everything we do about it, we should bring this same level of Islavas to it. Not just to live expectations, but like we did here on Hoshana Rabbah, Tafshin Pei Dalit, 
we exceeded expectations. And it should be a year, Merit Hashem, we should be zokhet to exceed expectations in our Ruchnias each and every day. And then that's what's Merit Hashem, who inscribed us together with our families, together with all of Cloud Yisrael, for a chasima tova, a good kvitl, a piska tova. And halavai, we should be zokhet, Merit Hashem, the Shana Haba, Bidu Shalayim Haba. Right, okay, Hevro, so, so, so we're going to take a... Hasidish year starts in two minutes. Just clear off your garbage. Right, we're come out. Oh, if anyone wants a Mayrav minion, there's going to be Mayrav after Hasidus. If anyone wants Mayrav now, you know, no, just do it right over here. Just do it right outside. Okay.